The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Brand Strategy Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about everything that you need to know to make sure that your brand resonates with your team and your clients. Each day this week, we're going to talk about the process of building a brand that not only resonates with your team, but helps you scale your business in a way that makes sense to your clients. Joining me today is one of the most influential brand marketers that I've ever run across in my career. Alex Chrisman is the founder of Ulta, which is a brand and creative strategy consultant that I hired to help me develop a brand at a startup I worked on called Handle. So far this week, Alex and I have talked about how to define your brand. And yesterday we had a conversation about setting your brand strategy, which is really more than just what your marketing strategy should be. It's the guidelines for how you're going to run your organization and the direction that you're going to head. And today we're going to take those values and talk about how we can convert them into brand creative. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Alex Chrisman, the founder of Alta. Alex, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Hey, happy hump day. Yeah, thanks. Hey, it's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. We've talked about what a brand is and really how to set a brand strategy as something that defines the direction your brand is, gets your team organized, everybody rowing in the same direction. Let's talk about where the rubber meets the road in terms of your brand and marketing. This is, after all, the MarTech podcast. Let's talk about converting the brand strategy you have into your identity and your brand assets. What's the process for taking who you are and converting that into the right font and the right imagery? Yeah, I mean, that's jumping from something really broad to probably the most granular stuff, actually. I mean, I would even look a little bit broader at that and say, you know, when you start making choices, the thing you have to understand that a really great brand is about saying no. It's understanding where the limits of the brand are. And that's also where you get really great creative, right? I had an amazing professor in college who I don't remember who this was attributed to, but she said that soccer without lines on the field is just a mob with a ball, right? And the art and the interesting stuff comes in when you have limitations to play within. So you think about how do you start translating that brand ethos and brand vision, values, mission into creative assets? I mean, you can look back at, well, what is that thing that we're trying to accomplish? And just keep asking yourself about every single one of those. Am I satisfying those things that I just set out for myself in each one of these decisions? It becomes your litmus test for every single choice. 
it's easy to say yes to everything you want to do. The hard part about building a brand is saying no to the things that you want to do that don't make sense for the brand. So I want to talk a little bit about organizational structure and decision-making when it comes to creative. I think of the person that decides they're going to do this, you know, hire an expensive brand consultant to help them figure out who we are, what our mission is, what our vision and purpose and value. That's a CEO, right? The person that's trying to figure out who are we as a company is the leader of the organization. And then somehow this trickles down to, hey, here's who we are as an organization. Here's the guidelines that should filter our decision making. Now you're taking the CEO's thought and basically handing it down to the executive team. And eventually you're going to be handing this down to the operators. And, you know, in the creative times, this gets down into designers, maybe your marketers, but really the creatives. And they're the ones who are responsible for taking the brand vision and articulating it. They're also two steps removed from actually making the decision to hire the brand marketing consultant. Do you find that the creatives and the marketers push back on the brand work that's being done, or are they generally accepted of being handed guidelines to work with them? It depends. Frequently, it does happen. Yes. When you're working with a new marketing manager or a new designer, they want to come in and put their thumbprint on a brand. Everyone wants to kind of craft something in their own image, their own tastes. And the goal of a good brand document is to give them room to do enough of that. that They bring really excellent work to the table without moving the direction of the whole company. Brands don't die in one fell swoop usually. They die a death of a thousand cuts where there's small changes. The logo gets changed slightly. The colors get changed. The copy tone changes. A single piece of media gets changed, right? And it's this slow sort of half steps away from the really strong core identity. And if you've crafted a document that really clearly outlines what this brand is about, what the visions are like, what the brand persona sounds like, how the copy tone should sound, then there's enough room for people within that to express themselves and do really interesting dynamic things without necessarily inflecting the whole path of the brand. When I started working at eBay, and I think that this was like 15 years ago now, one of the first things that happened is they sit all the new hires in a room together. Remember when we used to be able to sit in a room together? That was fun. It was so nice. Yeah. And they go through this presentation about the history of eBay about how Pierre Omidar built this website and he sold a broken laser pointer and it was an auction and then he knew he had product market fit. So we started working more and it was called Auction Bay. And then he turned it into eBay because he thought it sounded cool. And he hired Meg Whitman to be the CEO. And then there's these principles and here's the things that we believe. People are basically good, blah, 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 blah. Down to now we have Rasky, the decision-making mongoose. Again, I'm trying to distill 15 years of eBay history into a 30-second interlude. The point <laughs> that I'm trying to make here is this is a 13,000-person company that sits everybody down and is like, this is Pierre Omidar's picture, and this is the person that created the website, and here's the history of the company. And there's a purpose to doing that, which is everyone has a common understanding of the foundation of the organization, which leads to why our values are what they are. And then they go about implementing those values in their day-to-day -day role. Now, you mentioned that with brand, the way to deteriorate a brand is basically to take one step away from center with every move that you're making, right? If you keep taking one step away, eventually you lose the direction. You're losing your North Star. But you also want to give creatives the ability to actually be creative and do their best work. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. 
I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me about setting up brand guidelines and creative guidelines that make it clear what is acceptable and what isn't without being overly heavy-handed. It's a difficult one to answer because I don't think that there's like an easy set of rules there to play by. You know, kind of what you're looking for is a delicate balance between being overly prescriptive and slightly negative and being too vague to the point where it's not useful, right? And so you think about, I mean, I I don't want to pick on individual companies, but if you think about somebody like GE that has like so many products, such a vague offering, it's really hard to create a strong brand around that because you might be creating a brand for inside the company, the way that like your employees are thinking about product decisions. But reflecting that to a customer's perspective, I mean, the only thing you can really lean on is reliability or trustworthiness or something kind of vague notions that way versus you take a very niche brand Maybe like Airbnb, it's a really great... I think that they did a really great job when they rebranded five or six years ago or whenever that was. They instead refocused their entire company, which was rent your space to belong anywhere, right? And that's a value statement that suddenly refines your customer a little bit. It's people who want an experience that's not disconnected from the local environment, right? I do love the Airbnb logo and I like how they rebranded. I do think the logo looks a little bit like a butt. It does, yeah. It's not the best logo, but... If I'm being a little critical, it's better than the Uber logo being rebranded. God, that was a train wreck. Oh, God. There was no brand there. That was just a bad identity system. So let's talk a little bit about that as the example. Airbnb rebranded, mm-hmm. right? And they had their creative guidelines and their understanding about who they were as a customer. And Uber had the word Uber. And then they decided to create a, a circle with a dot coming through it. And that was their logo. And it never really felt like it resonated, in my opinion. Talk to me about those case studies. Why did the Airbnb logo feel like it worked and the Uber one felt like a design train wreck? I think what Airbnb did really well is they created a value system up front. They created a belief structure that was this sort of big, ambitious, overarching, what's the most important thing that we do? It's not rent space, right? It's a 
statement about being able to walk into any community and instantly belong there, experience the local culture. So when you go down to design assets in that presentation, that A logo that they came up with, the way that they presented it is that it was this sort of egalitarian, can be drawn by anyone. They had this beautiful illustration of a person drawing it in the fog on a window, which has a sense of intentionality to it, right? You're a company that's about humanizing travel and having a local experience that creates a humanistic logo that can be painted with a finger. There's significance to every single detail running through that, right? Versus when you look at the Uber rebrand, I think that there was a lot of insignificant design decisions made. They had pattern systems that varied by country, but they weren't necessarily derived, at least in any obvious way, from the country that they were situated in. The logo itself didn't really make any sense. They vacillated back and forth on versions of the Uber logo in terms of typeface and the U versus the Uber versus patterning versus not. And it really felt like they were kind of casting around in the dark trying to feel their way through it rather than coming with a laser sharp, we know who we are. We understand how all of these things are accretive to who we are as a company. It was just sort of treated like, well, yeah, you're going to book an Uber. This just needs to look like something, right? Yeah, it was a simple enough logo that it could be applied everywhere. It just didn't necessarily look like it represented anything. There was nothing about the company in it. They launched with that sort of bits and bytes when they did their first redesign after. I kind of feel like most startup logos at launch, you know, Handle was an exception because we actually worked on it, but most of them, it's just sort of a last minute, let's just slap a logo on this. When they first did that rebrand, what I would call their brand launch, you know, there was this sort of bits and bytes, like pixelated look that they did to it that just felt like we're a digital company, we're an app company, which just felt like, so what are you actually trying to say? There was no message, no significance, nothing that was clear about it to the public. And I think that that's a major failing. Like, I mean, if I, as somebody who works in brand, like nonstop all the time, 14 years, looks at your rebrand and I don't understand it, and I read articles trying to divine meaning out of it and don't get anything from it, no one else is either. So let's try to distill what we're talking about down to help the listeners of this podcast understand how they can convert their brand into effective creative. How do you have your brand feel more like an Airbnb and less like an Uber? How do you retain that authority and sense of knowing thyself? So it's not just showing up everywhere the same way, right? I mean, I think that a lot of the time brand gets boiled down to just consistency, not consistency in your core values and understanding what's differentiating about your company and underscoring it over and over again. That's a really important point there that most people think of having a brand document as just consistency. We are only going to have our brand this shaped, as opposed to our brand needs to have flexibility to be applied in multiple places. Consistency is important. Intentionality is what really matters. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's the core practice in brand is being able to attach intentionality to everything that you do and make all of it accretive to your long-term differentiating qualities as a company. And again, Apple gets held up as the perennial example of good branding. And I think that they were kind of one of the vanguards on this ascension of brand strategy in the 90s when people realized this is a thing that you can craft. It doesn't just sort of mysteriously appear out of an ether. And that was in part because of Steve Jobs had such a strong personality driving this. But even with the departure of Steve Jobs, anybody who looks at an empty space in a mall could design an Apple store to fit in there, right? Like you picture what kind of materials are going to go in there. You know what the customer experience is going to be like. I mean, you can even, you know, their commercials, hi, I'm a Mac, hi, I'm a PC, right? There's a personification to the brand. Any person who's been alive since the 90s could say, oh, this is more what a Mac would feel like than that. 
I'm glad you brought up Steve Jobs. And obviously, Apple has incredibly strong brand recognition, and they put a lot of resources, capital, thought behind developing their brand. But I do think at the end of the day, it comes down to leadership. And this is, again, where we get a little soft, a little wishy-washy. And it's the reason why you have to spend time figuring out all of the brand definitions, all of the brand strategy that we talked about at the beginning of this week is that without that understanding of who we are, without that understanding of what we're trying to accomplish, without the people at the top running your organization serving as the filter of, yes, this does work, no, this does not, yes, this is us, no, it's not, then all of a sudden you become a brand that's unrecognizable, not unique, undistinguished. You don't have an authentic feel. And so as much as we want to say, hey, here are the cut and dry ways to develop a brand. It's the reason why guys like us exist is that developing a brand is as much of an art as it is a science. And the shepherds of that brand are the people that are the leaders of the organization because they should be serving as a filter for what the operators are doing. And yes, the designers are going to design, the creatives are going to create but their management should be the ones that are approving the end work. And their job is to serve as a filter for the brand and the organization, not necessarily to be the operators that are developing the creative. And so to me, when we talk about converting brand into effective creative, it is having a clear articulation of what your brand definitions are, of what your brand strategy is, letting your creatives create but then also having the organizational strength to have a filter that looks back on the work that's being done and saying, yes, this does fit, and no, it doesn't. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Alex Chrisman, founder of Ulta. If you'd like to hear more of Alex's tips to building a brand, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss driving brand resonance with your customers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Alex, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his company's website, which is alta.co, A-L-T-A dot C-O. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J. S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.